What is up, guys? Welcome back to the Game 6 Clay podcast. It's your boy Gotham, along with my boys Matt, Charlie. Guys, um, not doing too hot, man. I have a broken foot. Um, you know, as Clay Thompson, Wiseman started coming back, I decided, you know, somebody has to take one for the team, make sure, you know, we, we're always looking forward to a comeback story. So, you know, I got mine now. Um, but boys, how are you guys doing? But yeah, you know, it could be better now. We got to add one more to the rehab train. Exactly. Like, We're talking about the Steph breaking the record game, the Clay return game. It's it's the Gotham return. And uh, yeah, the one knows the one knows. breaking we didn't want. Tough, exactly. Bro. Exactly. You know, it is it is what it is. Um, kids don't jump off stuff when you're drunk. That's all I'll say. Yeah, that always drink, works, man. Don't drink and jump. Don't drink and jump. <laughs> don't drink and jump. <laughs> Don't drink in like blank, really. Yeah, <laughs> just really, yeah. Just just drink, you know. Just right, just yeah. like moderately. Drink and hang out with the buddies is the only answer, man. Yep. Yeah. Drink with the boys. That's right. <laughs> now we we go as the Warriors go, man. We we uh we're up with them. We're down with them. If they're hurt, we're making sure we're breaking bones for them, man. So exactly, exactly. Speaking of, um, you know, going with how the Warriors are doing, um, you know, we had a we had a. Weird little three-game stretch. Um, obviously, you know, the whole record. Congratulations once again, Steph Curry. Officially greatest shooter of all time. Um, I don't think it was a debate before that Knicks game, but now he's officially at the mountaintop. The coordination is complete. Um, but, you know, that we had three games, um, Sixers, Pacers, Knicks, all three, you know, close games where, you know, you felt the Warriors – should have they should have played better? I think point blank. I think we can all agree it wasn't it wasn't our best basketball to say the least. Um, Staff was still gunning for the record. Um, you know the team was still kind of in that mindset. But what did you guys see in that in that three game or at least in so far on this road trip um, that you know you like you don't like and what do you want to change? Uh, Charlie, take it away, brother. Yeah. So thanks, man. Uh, but starting with that Philly game, like. That was a pretty good summary of the Philly season so far where they've got a lot of really, really good defenders. They've got a pretty solid like night to night, you know, competitive floor and they have a lot of really good role players. And then they just kind of have been going as Embiid goes without Simmons. And, you know, luckily he's pretty damn good most nights, but he's also not available a lot of nights. And those are the ones that have kind of screwed them this season, but I mean, he just put on a clinic in the mid-range, like getting to the line. Um, just a guy that big, you know, he's just – I think, you know, like they talk about like Shaq is, you know, like Shaq was hard to officiate. Like he didn't get enough fouls called because he was just like bullying through dudes. But I think Embiid sort of swings in the opposite way where like he swings his arms so low going for those jumpers and like going for these gathers and then – coming up with all this strength and all this momentum, like it's really hard to not call fouls for the stuff that he does. You know, even if it, like if you slow it into slow-mo, you can be like, Oh, like he's, he's doing this and he's doing this. And it's like, Hey bro, you know, like they got eyes, like that's all they have <laughs> to look at it. You know, like they're, <laughs> they don't have the cameras. <laughs> like <laughs> that's it. So, you know, he's, he's just a tough guy to play against. Um, and, you know, still in the right in the middle of that Steph slump, which mm-hmm. as long as Steph's slumping right now, I think he had like 18 on 20, 21 shots. Uh, like that's, you're not going to win a whole lot of games, especially when you don't have 
clay or the sort of Jordan Poole consistency you'd like to see. Yeah. Um, all that. Embiid was awesome, man. He's, he's a freak. Um, that was a weird four stretch, four game stretch because it felt like, it felt like last season kind of throughout where it was like, you, I kind of forgot. I kind of lost context a lot of the time watching it, to be honest. I'd be kind of watching it thinking to myself, damn, this team doesn't have it. Um, what's their, what's their long-term ceiling? And all of a sudden I'm like, wait a minute, they're, they're, you know, 21 and five, 21 and four, whatever it is now. So they're going to be okay. Um, I, I was blown away by that Sabonis Brogdon pick and roll in that Indiana game. That was just tearing the Warriors apart. And I think people kind of look at that as a reason for um, looking, looking at Sabonis as an option. And I'm just curious. I know we talked about this a little bit a couple pods ago, but uh, did, did that game change your guys' thoughts and all on whether or not the Warriors need a big man? I don't, it didn't do much for me um, in that regard, but Turner, Turner did not look like that guy that night. Any argument for him? Uh, stretching the floor for no one who watches him outside of that game kind of got tossed and he was one for nine wide open most of the time, um, mm-hmm. which kind of goes to show that argument that he's not necessarily a floor spacer. He's just kind of a, he's a guy who can hit the, uh, hit the three, but just curious though, that, that game is, that game is two bigs um, who the Warriors have been brought up for as uh, potential targets. Does that change your mind at all? I think it sort of just reinforced what I thought going in, which is, Miles is just a poor fit for what the Warriors do because, you know. Nope, Charlie, you don't say poor fit, man. You say terrible, terrible. fit. <laughs> yeah, whatever, whatever word you want to use that means really bad. Uh, like, Shitty. Yeah, I mean, it's not a knock on him as a player. You know, like, I think he's really good in his own right. Um, I thought it was kind of funny. He had that quote where he said that he's been treated as a high-level role player and he wants to be more. And I'm like, dude, like, high-level role player is like, Solid NBA you know, player. If, yeah, if you're a big and a high level role player, that's that's fantastic. That's yeah, all. That's like, all you want. Yeah, from what a, like I get that everyone wants to be the star, or whatever. But you know, it's not a knock to say that you're a high level role guy. Like, you know, whatever. Like, if he's got more in the bag, great. And like, if the Warriors think they can make it do with a stretch center, great. But like, I don't really see them trying to incorporate that and change that on the fly mid season. And you saw it. Like, he left a lot of points on the table just by not hitting open shots. And, you know, there are going to be other games where he goes like four or five from deep and swings the other way. But, you know, on, on the other hand, Sabonis is just like getting in the lane, putting a shoulder through dudes and going up for like layups, floaters. Like when you really guys brought it up, basketball. when you guys brought it up last time where I think Charlie, it's probably you, man. I know you've been pretty against Turner. Um, just institutional knowledge and or smarts with Golden State are so important. If you don't have, one, you better have the other because if you get here, if you get to Golden State and you don't know how the team plays, either you got to be really smart and figure it out or you got to get it right away. And Turner is not – I mean, Charlie, you're right, man. He's not that guy. He's not a guy who – I don't think at all that game. I don't think he threw one pass. I don't, I don't, he doesn't pick and roll him a lot, which is – you know, if, that says more about him than their, their offense, I think. If he's not a guy at his size who, with his skill set, supposedly they're not doing that with, I don't know. Carlisle's a pretty smart offensive coach, you know, and if you're not doing those certain things, maybe it's because of limitations. Yeah. Carlisle likes doing things a certain way, but, um, well, can, like, can you make a dump off pass? Like, exactly. Can, can you hit the guy in like the strong corner that's right in front of you? Um, I was like, I was like clowning on my buddy. I don't know if you guys saw Gobert like get that, like in the pick and roll, like he got the ball and like made a, 
open oh, yeah, pass yeah. to like Bogdanovich and like spun out of it. Like he'd like no looked it. But, like <laughs> you know, as much as as much as I love to like laugh at Rudy for stuff like that, like he can do that. You know, like not like Miles can't just you know like put the ball on the deck once and be like. Oh, there's like, you know, there's like a guy coming over to like tag on me. Like I got to fire this over to the corner because there's an open shooter, you know, like they just don't put him in those actions because he can't make those reads. So they're like, let's just collapse on him. And, you know, he'll probably, he probably won't get it up. And I think most of like, I think it's just like back to that. I think it's more that he doesn't, like he's not realizing that, you know, he, he can do a lot more on the court than just shoot. I think there was like six or seven, you know, open threes where he wasn't feeling it that night. I don't think he made a shot. Uh, from three, um, where he could easily, you know, just pump fake, dribble it, and he's like, what is he, like six eleven, seven foot? Like just get to the rim, like as as the second big man on that team. When you already have a guy like Sabonis, um, you know, just clogging up that paint. I think just being able to create a little bit just off that three point offense, um, just seeing him not able to do that. I think um, Charlie, I think proves that you were right, man. That he uh, he's not the one to uh, not the one to be on the Warriors. Um, but just going back to like the, the road trip, uh, at least the Philly and Indy game, um, I think, especially in that Indiana game, I think, um, Matt, you, you said earlier, I think it was more like uh, you, you get reminded of last year's team a bit. Uh, but the, I think the upside with this team is you also get reminded of what they can do. I think we were down like six or seven that Indy game um, with like two minutes left. And, um, you know, just our, our players took over. Steph uh, hit those two, uh, that one big clutch three. Um, came back down with the layup. Uh, Looney got the rebound, and you just saw the defensive intensity pickup, which was what we saw in those 2014 15 uh, seasons, 16 17. Uh, you know, the, uh, the team's able to switch it on defensively, and I think that was that was the biggest reason we won the, the Knicks game and the uh, the Pacers game. Obviously, the Sixers game is tough shooting that all around. You're gonna get those, um, especially with that whole uh, record chase. Um, you know, I think that took a lot out of the team, especially just how long it was. Um, I think three or four games just kind of gunning for that. Uh, took a while. Took a took a took a toll on the team itself. Um, so I'm excited to see how they finish off this road trip. I think we got I think it's Boston and Toronto, um, the last two um, on this trip. So I think um, you know, looking forward. I, I think once that having that clear, being able to play clearly without you know no pressure, no record, nothing like that, just finish strong, come home. Um, I think we'll do we'll do wonders for this team. You know, close it out. I, I think before we move on, I want to real quick shout out the guy Loondog man because Looney has dog, been bro. really dog. damn good on this road trip. He's been good all season, and he's not he's he's not made a jump shot all year. I don't think, which is it's been incredible. I forget who made the drills last time. What happens first? Clay Clay comes back or Looney's jump shot? And it's looking like Clay's come back. Clay's coming back, even though delayed might be Looney's uh, or uh, Clay man, uh, but. It just goes to show, like, he's just having, like, a Kurt. This is why Steve Kerr loves me fest this month. Like, everything he does, he knows where everybody is on offense all the time. He's playing really freaking good defense, and he's rebounding the ball. So I just want to shout out shout out our guy, Gavon Looney, real quick. Yeah, I've seen a dude get more open, open, uncontested dunks, and the man just turns on the athleticism for, like, half a second. And he's, and he's dunking the hell out of the ball, dunking, man. He's dunking the shit out of that <laughs> thing, man. I'm like, damn, bro, I didn't know you could do that. Um, so it's great to see, I mean, especially somebody like Looney who, um, you know, we joke about him a lot, you know, just not being able to move and, uh, you know, old hips for a 25 road or whatever. But, um, you know, when, when necessary, he's he showcasing the, that athleticism that, you know, he's that, he's the next Kevin Durant in that high school mixtape, man. He's, he's showing it off. Bro, over those 
three games, the ones that, uh, you know, we've had a few guys slumping wounds at 9.7 boards, three dimes, 65% from the floor. Oh my goodness. That's my like, wow. For, for Kavon, that's like out of this world. That is that's dude, that's MVP numbers right there. Kavon Looney MVP season. Shoot. A low usage center getting three assists a game is that's like uh that's absurd, man. Charlie, that's a great stat, man. That's that's some yeah. You know, I'm sure a bunch of those were like just putting the ball directly in Steph's lap or something. But like, not this much, hey, man. Assist, assist and assist, man. Assist and assist. Yeah, man, exactly. Um, okay. One more thing too, like before we move on from those other couple games, like one guy I sort of had my eye on. I think we were, you know, talking about Indy and like they're so interesting. If you just blow it up for parts, like there's so many guys that. <laughs> I would love to just, I'd love to get my hand on some of those parts, uh, pause, but, um, uh, 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 like one guy, yeah, uh, uh, one dude I was looking at, uh, O'Shea Brissett got a ton of minutes against us. And if they're in the market to go get like some wing depth that they think could maybe stick around next season, he's like, Minimum guy, got a club option, shoots the hell out of the ball, plays with a ton of energy. He had five steals against us. Like, he's he always just got hands. Everywhere. Defense. <laughs> like, who the hell is this guy? Man, shit. Um, he played for, like, Toronto, started off with Toronto, and he picked sense, him man. up. It's one of those weird There's, things where, like, his minutes have gone down, even though the team has gotten worse. So, like, you know, there's just – maybe he's just not really fitting with Carlisle and – you know, I'd I'd love to see what Kerr can do with a guy who's like getting forty percent, and like you know, maybe he can just be like a more active. Be, probably an upgrade from Damian Lee, man. D- Damian Lee, I've tweeted it before, man. But nepotism only goes so far, bro. I hey, the shots not falling, but like, dude, Damian Lee played like a really good defensive game. Against he did, the he did, and I, like, I'm he's always a, I'm like always, he's not uh, a top I'm, end defender, yeah. but over I'm over exaggerating a little bit, but um, you know that. He, there's, I mean, his job on the on the court is to hit open shots, and you know if you're not doing that, you gotta you gotta, you know, not, I'm not saying you gotta make a move right now. I'm obviously 23 and five or whatever the hell we are. Um, it's you know that's more like a, this team is deep as hell problem. Exactly, exactly. It's like good problem. Exactly. We just and can't like, afford to like give exactly him time to let him work it out. You know. Exactly. Because the one thing he's supposed to be doing, if he's not doing that, the other things he's doing, there are four guys better at those things than he is. Mm-hmm. So, hey, my guy, I hope that shot starts falling. We'd love that. I'm praying for him. I, I was happy to see him hit that open one. That was a big shot against the Knicks. Um, you could see him. I think like sent some looked up to the to, up to the ceiling. Um, everybody on the team was happy for him. So I think you know, hopefully he can turn it around. Um, you know, he's obviously had stretches of where he's been a great shooter. So um, bring back bring back that D lead. The Warriors low-key have not been good shooting on the road this year. I don't have the numbers at the top, top of my head. They're pretty pretty low 30s last time I checked, and I'd imagine after the last couple games they're they're lower, but they've not been a good uh, three-point shooting team in the road. Um, I want to talk about the Warriors' offense over the last seven games. They're 15th in December overall. They're 23rd in clutch offense. Um What's what's the problem with this team, and what what can they do to fix it? Is it as simple as Steph slumping? What do you guys think about that? Because their their offense late in games has been a problem so far in the last just the first seven weeks, eight weeks of the season. Um, and I I don't think it's something just to look over because it's not a it's not a nothing issue. I don't think. Yeah, I think I think that thing is it's sort of qualified that 
like you have to, you know, with everything with the team, you have to look at it within the context of what they've done. And they're still crazy on defense. It still feels like they're slumping, but they're five and two this month, which is like, you know, pretty much on the pace that they sort of set for themselves early on. And I worry, you know, like with this team without clay and without pool playing at that like level of consistency that I think we know he has in him. Um, it's all top down from Steph. <clears throat> and so when Steph is struggling, like everyone else is just struggling to get everything going because they rely so much on, you know, having consistent four on threes and like getting pretty easy shots going or like, you know, attacking a tilted defense, like whatever it may be, like all those guys generate their confidence and generate their good shots off what Steph does. And that goes for clay too, but you know, clay is a guy who we've seen, you know, have the ability to like take over games at times and, you know, Wiggins, we know he's capable of doing things individually, like with or without Steph is just, you know, how often is he going to do that? But yeah, I do think some of it's Steph and I do think some of it is, you know, this team might just not have that offensive ceiling in it because they don't, you know, have multiple like superstar level scorers and, there are just a lot of teams that have that right now. Like, <laughs> and what, yeah. And like what they don't exactly, I, I agree with that, Charlie. And I think what they don't, that, you know, that smaller ceiling they have offensively, I think defensively, uh, like you said, Charlie, they're, they're, they're one of the best teams we've seen defensively. Um, I also think, you know, I've, I've said this before, and I think, I really think we're the record chase was a huge part of this slump, um, especially for Steph, but I think for the team in general. And I mean, they talked about it a lot, even before that Portland game. You know, I think the last uh, the last good Steph game was uh, was that home game and uh, that home game against the Suns, following that, and it wasn't even like a great Steph shooting game. Um, so it's been super like up and down, and I think um, a lot of it is uh, once Clay comes back, I think a lot of the offensive problems get solved. You get another guy that can shoot, spread the floor, just opens up a lot more space for guys like Poole, guys like Wiggins um, to start, you know, driving, attacking the basket. Um, just starting to play their own game. And, you know, once, once these other guys get going, you know, Steph, Steph can get going at any time. So um, I think it's, it's one of those things where as soon as that happens, when it, whether that's, you know, two weeks, three weeks in January, um, I think, you know, I think that we're, we've got enough, we've got enough on this team to, you know, kind of, you know, just make, make it till then. Um, and then once that happens, you know, just take off from there. So I, I'm concerned, but like, I think concerned level wise, like probably like less than five um, just because, uh, there's so much more potential and there's so much more coming for this team. Yeah, I think I, I half agree with both you guys. I don't – I actually the Warriors, I think they have a really high offensive ceiling still. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't I don't know. I think they're – especially when Clay comes back. I mean, we talked a little bit about it last time on a lineup of, you know, Steph, uh, Poole, Clay, Wiggins, Draymond, sounds like. I, I can't think of a five better – at least offensively a better five-man unit, um, especially just with Steph being the offensive razor he is on his own. Uh, and I, I'm also not crazy concerned because I think a lot of it's schematic and I think a lot of it is, um, and I, I think we talked about this the other day too, but just a matter of Draymond and Steph trusting their guys outside of each other. Sometimes I think, um, what game did they lose on the road trip? Was it Philly? Philly. They, they just, the ball was not, I, I think, so Charlie, did you post that, that picture of, uh, Wiggins and, uh, Poole's, third quarter touches versus their or for, uh, third quarter shot um, shot attempts versus their fourth quarter shot attempts. Was that you? 
I don't think I posted it, but I might have retweeted it. Okay. Um, they got the each got like guys, but yeah, it was like twenty four in the first three quarters, and then four in the fourth. Yeah, exactly. And, and like, so that's frustrating. So <laughs> yeah, and Steph was cold as hell in the third quarter of that game, and Wiggins and Poole were. Wiggins in the second quarter of that game was incredible. Poole in the third quarter took over, hit three or four threes that kind of got the Warriors in a spot where it felt like they were going to win. Um, I don't, I mean, I, I don't think that Steph and Draymond look like, at least I don't want to say them in their heads, but it doesn't look like they realize they have legitimate options on their team outside of themselves now. Like last year, obviously it was like, yeah, you know what? Do the two man thing. It's one of the greatest two man games in the history of the game. Like Poole's good. Like Jordan Poole is really freaking good. He can do a lot of things on offense. Wiggins this year, there are some times where you can go to Wiggins and I feel like it's a bucket. Like if he gets a deep seal, I, right now I'm like, yeah, I feel like, I feel good about this. Um, Dude, the plays, the plays they're running with the cross screens, like uh, it was a really, it was really yeah. cool. Like to Definitely. see them, act, to see him actually get the pass out of like the cross screen at the rim into Steph's record breaking three, and they mentioned it in that like mm. athletic article, yeah. like yeah. specifically being like, "Holy shit!" Like Wiggins passed it exactly. But <laughs> how did that look? But it's also like on that note. First of all, he also he never passes out of it, which is funny. Um, but when he gets there, he gets so deep in the paint that it's like I, I he's usually it's cross match and he's got some size manners there. And it's usually a bucket. My point there is not to say like Wiggins is not he's not Kevin Durant, Jordan Poole is not um, you know, Kyrie Irving yet. But uh but those two guys are gonna be you, you gotta just this will happen over time, I think, but they gotta really just realize, hey, we got some other options here, especially, you know, um as the season goes along. I think they just it's very fixable. Again, I think their offensive ceiling is still very high. I think it's just contingent upon, you know, certain reps um, are getting reps and, and those two guys trusting their teammates, because no matter what happens, I think at this point, they got to realize like Steph's going to get the same defense, no matter what, mm-hmm. because he's that important yeah. to their offense. Like if Clay's back, I really do still think it's going to be fine. Fuck it. Make the guy with the corner Achilles and a busted ACL beat us, make Jordan Poole beat us, make, um, Wiggins beat us and those guys I think I think they can do it and it's not like we haven't seen it like we've seen it this year I mean Poole's had a few a bunch of 30 point games where um, I think where Steph hasn't played or hasn't played well so Poole stepped up Wiggins obviously had some big games um, so it's not like we haven't seen it. it's not like we're asking like something that we haven't seen so um, I definitely think that I, I did one thing I did want to ask though was how much of these rotations especially the Steph minutes because um, obviously um, Steph's a rhythm player. Um, obviously it takes one shot for him to get into rhythm, but it takes, you know, if he's not, if he doesn't hit his first couple shots, you can see him kind of, you know, trying to, trying to look too much, maybe uh, trying to, you know, hit a three to get him going. How much of the, how much of, you know, cause obviously before it was like that 12, six, six, 12, or, or 12, six, 12, six kind of thing. Um, and it was a lot, it gave you those guys, those Steph Curry flurries, you know, that you just, you got into a rhythm and you can get going and he really destroy teams. And that was the lethal part about Steph. And, you know, obviously I, I personally, I think that these, I think this rotation is all right. Um, I would want to see Steph out there longer, especially in like the middle of the uh, quarters, uh, maybe playing less in the uh, beginning. But um, do you guys think that, you know, maybe once Clay comes back, the rotation kind of changes back to what we have seen, or do you think this is going to be sticking around? And what do you guys think about this one? Yeah, I think it does seem sort of frustrating on the outside when, you know, people have those things where they'll be like, Oh, he's cold. He hits two threes in like two minutes and then you take him out. Like Kerr 
has never been like you sort of have to take the good with the bad with the way he does things. And I think with certain teams, you know, like they've been a little more prescriptive with, it seems like, you know, there's certainly like some analysis that goes into it to what the other team's rotations are and how you want to do it. And last year it was just, we're doing this. We don't really care what the other teams are doing. Like Steph's coming out at around six minutes, like in the second and fourth and, that's it, you know, like, um, and this year they've been a little more flexible with it, but I still think, you know, Kerr isn't going to like compromise Steph's minutes. Cause Oh, he's hot right now because I don't necessarily think Kerr believes in that. And I think it more just sort of points towards like what Warriors fans focus on, because I think it was in that next game where I tweeted about it. Like, you know, I rarely tweet out of frustration, but like, uh, you know, saying that like they pulled uh Steph out when he was, you know, starting to get a little better. Um, in the game, I think there were like nine minutes left in the fourth, and it was a five point deficit. Um, he stays out for about four minutes, comes back, still a five point deficit. So, you know, bench holds it off, and then Steph comes in and they close it down down the stretch, and he has a couple tough shots. Uh, I think that was the, that was against Indiana actually. Yeah. Indy. Um, but you know, I think that just sort of goes to the point of like, we harp on all the shit that we see that isn't good. And then, you know, there's some stuff that might completely go over our heads that we're not really seeing. Yeah. So, you know, like I think, I think he's clearly being more flexible than he was last season. And that's been, that's been good enough for me. Definitely. Yeah, well, I agree with most of that, man. I don't think – I don't have a strong opinion on it either way, to be honest. Um, I do understand the idea that – I mean, I, I don't think it's unreasonable to think that Steph's um, rough last few weeks could have something to do with him not being in a rhythm. Um, but I also think the flexibility is kind of a – it's a nice change for Kerr. Uh, I think that, you know, let's – one of the great criticisms of the career, like you said, has just been the lack of flexibility and the kind of just, uh, he's very stagnant or he has been very stagnant in the past, you know, with his rotations and whatnot. Um, I think, I mean, it's kind of interesting. I think what they're trying to do is obviously, uh, accommodate Steph while also kind of pissing him off. Cause that they, Steph likes closing quarters. Like everyone knows that he likes me at the end of the quarter. Um, and the compromise here for him is obviously sitting out a good portion of the middle of each one. I kind of wonder if you're going to play that game where you're going to say, Hey, um, we're going to play both sides of your, of your pissed off coin. You know, I wonder if it might be more beneficial to not let him close the first and the third play in most of those quarters and then play him the back seven or eight of the third and the part, pardon me, the second and the fourth quarters, if that makes sense. So like a 10, like 10, seven, 10, eight type thing where, yeah. um, cause like you said, Charlie, and this has been a, at, at their best and I, not even at their best, I think, this is a year where it's funny because their bench can hold a lead or they can maintain the, whatever the deficit is. You know what I mean? They can maintain, if it's a five point lead, like you said, they kept it at five last time. Um, I think they can go with the bottom two of the first and the top, you know, three or four of the second without Steph and be okay. And I think closing the halves of him, potentially getting in that rhythm might even be more important than him, you know, getting in one in the first and the third, even though we're more traditionally used to seeing him you know, dominate third quarters. But I think, you know, top 10 of the third, bottom seven rate of the fourth would be a cool look. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think, and I think that was like, I think you brought it up, Matt, like, especially with last season, I would feel like 
So a lineup like this last season or a rotation like this for stuff last season would have been great to see. I think right now, like you guys said, the flexibility to current everything, but I think he's really maximizing Steph pretty well. Um, obviously you can't play in 48 minutes. Um, and I think in terms of the spots that he's, uh, the spots that he's like choosing, I think uh, it's, it's maximizing Steph to as much as you can in terms of like what you're going to take him out at some point. I think maximize, maximize wise, I think you're doing great. Maximize wise, I like that. Maximize wise. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm I'm with you on that. Like, I think him closing the quarters is important, but obviously, you know, like closing the second and fourth is a lot more important than closing the first and the third. So, you know, if they want, if he wants to close those quarters, that's fine. But you know, he can't close all of them. So, like, true. That that just feels a little tough. But also, I want to I want to shout out Kerr as well, Charlie. He brought up the steps minutes thing. I mean, people joke about like the small guard thing because of Tommy and all that stuff. And like, um, they joke about, you know, Kerr and the not chasing wins. Our, our guy is going to be 34. Uh, I don't, I, as a fan of Steph, don't want him playing more than 35 minutes a night right now. Like, if I, I, I don't ever like, you know, big ESPN game versus, you know, the Clippers or the Lakers or the Nets or the Bucks. Like, yeah, sure, fire away. You know what I mean? Play 38. But on a night to night basis, like, why didn't he just keep him in for two more minutes? Like, dude. Yeah, that's could... a game against Indy in fucking December. Who gives <laughs> exactly, a man. Yeah. But Charlie, yeah, I cut we... you off, man. No, no, no. You're all good. Uh, I just wanted to say so. We got a quick little getting towards the end of this road trip now. So we got, uh, we got Boston tonight uh, after we'll be dropping this one. Uh, and. Then Toronto day after uh, kind of seems like what Draymond said. There's going to be a little veteran rest against Toronto. Like that. And then, Love uh, that rotation. Second, yeah. And then Sacramento Monday. So what are we thinking for that one, fellas? Is it a little more, a little more two and one, a little more three and oh? I'm going to go back to my optimist, man. I think three and oh. I think we got the, we got everybody playing some tonight uh, against the Celtics. Um, They've been an up and down team. Um, I think uh, I don't know. Honestly, I haven't been following them that much, but um, I know they were hot like a week ago. I'm not so sure right now, but um, up and down team. They've got talent, but I think you know uh, two days of rest, especially with all the hoopla of like this whole last week. I think the Warriors come out have a have a game of their of Warriors basketball. I think they went pretty well tonight. Um, Toronto, I think you know it's rest Steph Draymond. You know, I think we still got the talent to beat this uh, this Toronto team. And then back home for Sacramento, man. I, I know we thought that this might have been the first one where Clay comes back, but obviously not. But uh, you know, leading up to Christmas, Sacramento is always a fun game. But uh, back home in Chase, uh, I don't see us losing the first game back after a road trip. So I'm gonna go three and zero, big three zero for Steph, man. Gotham, I think if Charlie had a rock right now, it'd be deep in your skull, man. Because saying <laughs> that, saying that Golden State has the talent to beat Scotty Barnes without a. Uh... Without that Steph Curry and Draymond Green? I don't know, man. That's Charlie, blasphemy. Charlie does not like that kind of thing, man. No, I was gonna I was gonna <laughs> echo it too, dude. I think they're gonna pull off three and oh. Like on that note, I actually do too. Uh you know, they're not gonna lose against Boston, I don't think. They're gonna they have three days of rest. That hasn't happened all all year, I don't think. Uh I don't know why Boston I have a gut is, feeling that Steph's gonna punch Boston in the mouth. I say, bro. Same I way, had Charlie. the same. I had yeah. as soon as that Knicks game ended, I was like, he's coming out nice in the next one. We got fresh legged, you know, record off the off the off the back, Steph. And I think we got King nice Steph, game. King Steph, man. Um, Best three point shooter ever. 
I think we're going to get a lot of good minutes from Kaminga on Saturday. Uh, and I think Pool just plays Pool plays really well when Steph doesn't play. And I'm not, not in any kind of like trade step. detrimental way. But yeah, not in any kind of like there's some itch, itch, issues here. But uh, Pool plays well when Steph doesn't play, man. So I think they're going to they have a good leader there at guard. Um, and then Sacramento, do I need to say anything? I mean, they COVID. <laughs> no, it's, leave it's leave them to their peace. Organization in shambles, man. They've been in shambles for two decades now, and it's just kind of how it's going. So uh, I, I feel cool with 3-0. Uh, but the next few, um, all jokes aside, I feel like the Warriors are in a good spot. And I think they can very easily finish this week for the next five games, uh, 28-5. So we're going three. Love that. Boys. All right, boys. Been another fun one. Um, thank you guys for listening. Charlie, Matt, anything to shout out before we, uh, before we close this one out? No, as always, you know, I'm grinding away on my tape. Claytheus 11, baby. Uh, yes, at Claytheus 11. Check it out. I'll be – Probably putting up, uh, like you guys said, uh, Sabonis and Brogdon absolutely obliterated us against the Pacers, and I ended up nice. with like 20, 25 clips of them doing that exact thing. So probably want to throw up a little breakdown tomorrow just to look at, you know, how they approached that, and, we'll, you know, we'll get into it. But, you know, always can check out that stuff. Uh, but, yeah, that's about it. Anything for you guys? Uh, I'm not going to shout myself out until I start writing again. So I'm going to say keep uh, keep following Charlie sick uh, sick threads on Twitter. Great analysis, Gotham. Follow Gotham for the same thing, and also some great laughs. Gotham tweets some funny shit. Um, <laughs> thank you guys for listening. Yes, sir. Uh, I got nothing, man. I'm bedridden, so prayers up. Um, thank you guys. Um, hopefully, yes, you know, quick, we'll, my guy. we'll be back on the court very soon, guys. It's been cool. Thank you guys for listening. It's the Game Six Clay Pod, and we out.